So 29 things we got wrong. <laughs> you know how you have that policy of like, if, unless you do 50 episodes, you just can't say you have a podcast. It's right. Like, this is still a baby podcast. Baby, baby. Yeah. This is, and it's probably going to die before it hits that. No way. We have so many episodes to l- talk about. Let it go. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep talking about the things we got wrong. Cause man, did we get a lot of wrong? I think. Okay. Well, we did. Yeah. 60 and 61. Okay. I know. 61, Um, 62. What was it? 61 and 62. One was on hair and one was ostensibly about Rivals 3 midpoint review, but there was a lot more in there. So a lot in there. 61, 62. All right. Well, anything you want to start with on 61? Uh, I think I learned. Yeah. I think I, I, I learned a lot about how hair is viewed and how I feel like I was insensitive to weaves and not to to white girls wearing weaves, but I think I've been insensitive and I think I was insensitive on my season of the challenge when I thought Devin would be better off wearing your hair natural and running in a final, like that is coming from a place of ignorance and coming from a place of not being aware that if somebody wears a weave and has that as something that is part of their normal, like day to day, like she could easily say, Sarah, why don't you, you'd probably be better running a final if you lost 10 pounds and didn't have extra 10 pounds to carry. Yeah. Cause that would be, make you better. Sure. We can argue that, but this is what you're used to. And this is what you're there, you know, performing with. And who am I to even question that? And then hmm. you have like, I think her name is Shikari Richardson. Who's fucking crushing it with her in track and field with her hair, however the fuck she wants it to be. So that does that Sarah was very wrong. And was that on the air? Did that make the actual episode where you were like telling her not to wear a weave? Really? Um, maybe I think, yeah, I think so. And that's such a dumb thing. thing. I just was like, why don't we set ourselves up for the best, like, success and to make it so that I've seen her get overheated before. And I didn't want that to happen. And she did get overheated and burnt. Like, out. But <laughs> like, I'm just minute. saying that wouldn't have that, that dictating how somebody should wear their hair is not going to mm. change that situation, better that situation. And I'm, I'm out of place and, and out of pocket or whatever the term is for saying that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, and I cringe listening to it. Like, this episode of Brain Candy? Yeah, a little bit about the hair talk. Which one? Because Which part? Just uh, the parts where I talk about... I, th- I think it really was about... like Or like my feelings about Devin and, the, and her wearing a weave and like on the challenge and just like yeah. thinking about how I thought about that and feeling like, wow, I learned so much. 
and have come so far and would never say that to somebody. Yeah. I think that's true. You wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't even occur to you probably. I still think the white girls are dummies for wearing the kind they're wearing and not been used. And it's definitely going to get muddy and your hair's going to get gross and it's definitely going to break. And yeah, the end. So I well, let me ask way. you though, cause I don't know. I've never been on a show with Devin. Is she somebody that ever does wear natural hair or she wears weave every day? I think, I think she wears weave every day, but I think she did wear hair natural, like took out, took it out in one. See, yeah, in she one have a of funeral them. for it. And it was real yeah. funny. Yeah. Real yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not one of these people that sometimes she'll do natural, sometimes weave, right. or change it right. up. It's pretty consistent. Yeah. Okay. And does she, is she sensitive about it? I mean, everyone I, is sensitive. About yeah, hair, I don't but... know any more than anybody else. Like, yeah, just regular. Be. But okay. you know, I think she was should have. She was. Was well she in mad right at you for saying that? For that? What'd she say? She, she was probably saying like Sarah's ignorant for saying that, or oh. like, and I would agree. Yeah, it's so hard to. I mean, I get it, and I think it's nice that you're acknowledging that you changed and learned from that, but like. It really is hard. You have to be so intentional to put yourself in someone else's shoes if you've never yeah. been, been there. Like that is unrelatable to us. And I can really get stuck in a logic place. I can get stuck <laughs> in a place of like, well, studies show and like that and not yeah. take into consideration all the other variables and all the other things that, that, you have to take into consideration, mm -hmm. you know, I think that, that across the board is something that I struggle with and yeah. learning to not get so caught up in. I still am baffled. We talked on that episode about how the shift where, you know, those seasons I did, no, no white women were wearing weaves. Right. And then the seasons you did, they pretty much all were, right. many of them were. Do you, and I had pressed you, you know, what do you, why, why did this shift happen? You're like, I don't know. They just want fuller hair, but I think it was maybe the Kardashians. I was going to say the same fucking thing, Susie. I yeah. agree. I think it was like, it the was mass. Yeah. The culture started Cult wanting to yes. all look like her, look like them. Yes. And yes. It became, and it's another, it's almost an appropriation in a way, like a lot of like hairstyles that, you know, just, yeah, I think it's that. I think it's. Yeah. That became mainstream for white women. It to was main, do Yeah. Yeah. Clip-ons, clip-ins, whatever they're called. And now mm -hmm. I know so many people who have them. Really? Oh yeah. Maybe I'm just naive and don't know when people have them. Oh. Cause I don't yeah. know anybody that. I could think of that. Where and I watch like every TV show I watch. I'm like mm, hair extensions, hair extensions. I can oh, tell on I TV. Totally, yeah. I can totally tell. And in real life, I can. Remember when we were debating whether Tories was real and, yeah. or extensions? And I think I was duped. I think I thought it was her real head of hair. Right. And then she revealed when she took them out, and I was like, Oh my yeah. gosh, they they look great. Yeah. Right. Good ones look um, real good. In that episode, we talked about balding and you were talking about celeb male celebrities who got hair plugs. Yes. 
I think Adam pulled a clip for me about that. Let me pull it. Okay. Let me play this. What do you think about celebrities who get hair plugs? Do you want to go through the list? Because yes. I have a long list. Tell me. John Travolta, David Beckham. <gasps> I'm going to show you before and after pictures. Where did you get this information? I'll show you before and after pictures. George Clooney. Come on. Yep. I, think, I guess I would too. What am I talking about? I got implants in my boobs. And of course, but this is the problem that, that we give women such a hard time for doing something like getting a breast implant or getting mm-hmm. breast implants. Yeah. But we don't even care at all if a man goes and gets hair plugs, but yeah. like, what's the difference? Okay. Yeah. Do you still think that that's the case? That meant it's not stigmatized for men to have hair plugs and that not like the same way. Sense. Yeah, I totally do. I think that now the, the times we talk about men and, um, I don't know, things that we do stigmatize them for, like when, when we're critical of them is when they've gone overboard and it's like Kenny Rogers situation mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, Ooh, then we become critical, but not when they're just doing. Would you mind if you were dating someone and they had hair plugs? No. You wouldn't. No, I wouldn't You wouldn't think like. Same way. You wouldn't be less into them. Uh, I would want to know what made them like. It, it would, it, it's, it's tough. Like it's I get not it when you're sexiest. an actor and you're like, ma- yeah, yeah, when I you're an actor understand. and you're maintaining a, an image, but if you're mm-hmm. just like a guy out there and like, I think like an accountant. I yeah. I mean, in the same way, I am not somebody who's going to as we've talked about this this phrase before, have a lot of hot hobbies and put a lot of energy into those kind of things. I'm not interested in somebody else who puts a lot of energy or value into those kind of things. So I think I would be not interested in that person, not because they have hair plugs, but because of the kind of energy and attention they put into their appearance in a way that I won't be able to match. Like I, that's not, you know, I had an ex who got plastic surgery and that was something that I was like. It was a turn mm, on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing. Cause it, 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 there is a stigma for men and women, but the stigmas look different. Yeah. For men, it's just sort of like not attractive. It makes them look a little bit like pathetic. With women, it's more of a sexual shaming, like a scarlet letter type of thing. Like, yeah. like um, the boobs in particular, you know, there's yeah. like this floozy type of element Yeah, like it. what's it for? Right. You're cheap. It's like, yeah. And, and really, I think it's just both people's way to hold on to power in some way, whether that's through attention or... I don't know, like what, what they believe people think about a man with a full head of hair. Well, we hear a lot of conversations 
politically and culturally about like the trans uh, issue, if you want to call it mm-hmm. that, and like gender affirming care. But mm-hmm. like breast implants are a gender affirming care for women too. Like when a woman gets breast implants, that is meant to be a performance of gender, right? It and totally like is. when men are like told they're going to be extra short and then they take hormones to get height, yeah. they grow. Right. Right. Like <gasps> that's gender affirming care. So and nobody seems to have a problem with right. that right. application of it. It's only when you that's want gender right. affirming care when it doesn't match your biological sex. Yeah. So any of those people who are like, oh, I don't want anybody who's trans to get gender affirming care cannot be saying that if they have a pair of fake boobs. Well, and I know people that gave those um, shots to their sons so that they wouldn't be short because it's stigmatizing for a man to be short. Yeah. And so they are also a conservative family who would object to the hormones that being given to children. Crazy. Yeah. For another Good reason. Right. Argument, Suze. Thanks, Sarah. My gosh. Who, anyway, my point yes. is the hair plugs. Who's the host are, of the Daily Show? Who came back to host the Daily Show? What's John his name? Stewart. John Stewart. Do I am I saying you're John Stewart? Is this <laughs> I mean, well, I just think about it a lot because it's comes up in my religious study stuff. Yes, I and imagine. It's like I know that they don't see the hypocrisy or the double standard, right. but right. I just want them to. Anyway, I think that hair plugs are gender affirming, you know, having hair, like baldness is like impotence. It's sort of like, it's low virility or whatever. Right. So if we're going to help in that cat and that way, then how can we can? Yeah. Yes. It makes total sense. I'll tell you what else makes sense. And that is taking next Evo natural CBD. If you have trouble sleeping or if you're stressed out, these babies work in 10 minutes. Yeah, this has been really help. I've been struggling with sleep lately. And so CBD, this is my go-to for, and like not all CBD is created equal. This is Mm -hmm. the stuff that's going to be faster absorbing. high quality. High quality. And man, does it work. It does. They have extra strength daily wellness CBD gummies as well. Um, but the, I find that the sleep ones are very useful and the stress ones. And like I said, they work in 10 minutes because they're fast acting and, and absorb quickly. Leave oil behind and start the year with more effective and fast acting CBD from Next Evo Naturals. Get 25% off any order, up to 60% off as a new subscriber by using code WRONG at nextevo.com. That's 25% off your order or up to 60% off a new subscription at nextevo.com with promo code wrong. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I feel like I had another clip about hair that was about balding. Let me play it and refresh my memory. What yeah. is that? Oh, it's that hard. should not be allowed. It's hard. I think it's really hard to accept. Tell me what, what, tell me what about that looks It's good. like alcoholism where you start just being a normal person that drinks sometimes, but then slowly over time. You and do. you don't really notice it, but everybody else around you thinks it's a real crisis <laughs> and you probably need an intervention to help. Uh, okay. I remember now. Do you remember uh, that was yes. when you were upset about the men who are like going bald, but then they wear a ponytail. Like Hold they grow on long. to that. That like David Crosby kind of. Yes. 
What you know. are we doing? Brett Michaels, I'm looking at you. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> what are you doing? Okay. So they keep their hair long, but like there's none on top. Hulk Hogan's right. a great example. He really yeah. relied on that bandana, but oh, yeah. underneath the truth was lying, right. uh, lying weight. Yes. Because every time he had think- to take that baby off. Yeah. Hideous. Right. What do you expect? I think Brett Michaels is the same. The I feel like it was a wig. Oh my god! Like you know those those uh, novelty wigs that have like the like dreadlocks attached to it, or you put it on, it's got like a mullet attached to it. It's like a hat with hair. It feels like that's how Brett Michaels ha- has just been living. It is fascinating. Hats. Anybody that has ever had like a comb over scenario. Right. And you, th- it's like what you said in that clip. It's like, we all see what's happening here. Right. And the only person that can't accept it is the one whose head it is. Is this like a, we don't like, I don't like change thing. Like. I think they think they're fooling us. The comb over people. Wow. I, would I just love want to them know. to know they're not. If any of you listeners have a dad, a grandpa, somebody who's doing this. Can you ask him what's what's up? <laughs> yeah, just what's be like, do there? you think we don't know yeah. that you're bald under that comb over? Right. Uh, this is a change of subject, but I feel like it's on the topic of hair, so we have to talk about it. I have been hearing, so you know how now the full eyebrows are really in and that yeah. like big bushy eyebrow? Uh, I have been hearing on TikTok from like dermatologists and and estheticians, things like that, that the ways that people are achieving that is through using Rogaine on their eyebrows. Oh my God. I know. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Right. The, you know, like Latisse for your eyelashes, that kind of thing they just put on their eyebrow. Yeah. Are you into that? Yeah. I think I want to try it. You're kidding me. Well, I I gotta get these, I I got sparse eyebrows. Sparse, like you the, do? I Well, they've been drawn in. They've been uh, uh, tattooed in, but that fades over time. You want to go bushy. Just, you want to grow a bush. It just looks nice. I feel like it would, sh- I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like It's funny because I actually thought it was moving in the other direction. I thought the sort of 90s eyebrows were inching back. Oh, oh maybe. Maybe it's going one, you know, one or the other. Polarized you have to pick eyebrows. a lane. Yeah. Or do one Polar- of each. <laughs> Asymmetrical eyebrows. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I did want to say one more thing about hair because I, in my brain candy notes, I had read this amazing article in Atlantic about this woman who had cancer and who was so sad about the chemo effect of hair loss and was saying how for her and actually 60% of cancer patients they rank the bald head, the hair loss, as the number one worst side effect, including nausea. I would imagine. And it it doesn't get um, enough sort of compassion Mm. from people. Yeah, yeah. Because when she would complain about that and and try to share like how, Mm. you know, just how hideous she felt and how it affected her self-esteem or whatever... Like 
they all would say this sort of like platitudes that nobody wants to hear, like it'll grow back. It's just hair, you know, those, which is like, nobody wants you to say that. But she was saying how, when her mom died, no, like, and she would discuss her grief. No one would be like, oh, she's actually here. Like they would not deny your reality, but with the hair loss, they do. You see what I mean? You have to grieve that as a loss as well. And it's a big part of identity and it's a big part of like routine and so much change comes with that. And yeah, absolutely. I think that's an important thing to, to recognize in the same way we're starting to, um, uh, like tattoo artists, uh, people who have like mastectomies and then will have the nipple like drawn back on or tattooed back on to look and how, what that does for your sense of feeling like whole and complete again. And I think people mm-hmm. are starting to recognize that those kind of things and are, are important. And mm-hmm. I'm glad that this woman's talking about that because it is yeah. really, really important. She, cause she had a sentence in the article where she said something to, like, um, What's worse, looking like a goblin or feeling mm-hmm. like one? As if to say that the looking like a goblin for her was worse right. than yeah. how terrible she felt physically. And oh, I and wonder you can hide the physical why. stuff from the outside world. You know? You mean the you pain? F- yeah, you can deal with mm-hmm. nausea. You can deal with all that stuff when it becomes this outside representation of what you're dealing with internally. I think that affects people in a big way. Mm-hmm. It's weird though, that I, I, I get it. I read it and I thought, yeah, I'd probably feel the exact same way, but it's strange that people don't respond as compassionately right. as you'd expect, given that I think a lot of people would feel really bad about that. Yeah. It must be that because it grows back kind of thing. Or maybe it's that when we hear somebody has cancer, we naturally uh, uh, like rank the severity of the experience in our mind. And we put something that seems like life or death as like higher in, in importance of what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe as like the, the person you know, talking to them who's not going through it goes, oh man, I wouldn't want that. But Mm -hmm. like not having hair seems more manageable and like there's a solution. You just wait. Yeah. Superficial. Cancer seems, uh, yeah. Unpredictable. No solution. Maybe don't know what's going to happen. Scary. It is so funny though, to me that those things are so connected to our sense of self-worth and identity. Yeah. Yeah. When, you know, the truth is it doesn't matter, like in the big picture, if you have hair or not, right. but like, it feels like it really matters. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I would I, say, I really like that article. And, and this is so different, but even just after going through the surgery, I went through and looking at, I, I still have bruises, like blood pooling everywhere that is still there. And I look in the mirror and I'm like, whose body is that? And it's been so long that it now becomes mm-hmm. like a part, you're like, what do I, who am I anymore? Mm. Like, what do I even look like? And you feel mm-hmm. like not yourself. Yeah. So I see that. that. So the perception of who you are, isn't matching what yeah. your eyes are observing. Yeah. 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 
And then it feels almost permanent. Like your brain like doesn't understand my brain struggles to understand this is going to be different in a few months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Boy. And, and it's funny. Cause I know intellectually you get that you right. you're very much in tune with the zoom out. Right. But to but, understand something principally is different and almost worse. It is because you know, but you cannot right. get there. Right. That's why like everybody's like, it's a process. You have to feel the feelings and you just have, that's why she needs to grieve the loss of that hair. That's why you have to get mad and get angry and get upset and talk to a therapist about it and be allowed to have all the feelings that come with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's no like amount of faster. understanding. Yeah. That's going to avoid the feelings of how much it sucks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, yeah, let's move on to 62. Hard. Yeah. Um, that was about Rivals recap. Yes. Um, there was a lot of like conversation in the beginning about my dad. That made me laugh. I And I um, wanted to talk about that. Like, what's it like talking about, like, listening to that since he's passed away? Like, did that bring up, like, well, fond it's memories? It's so funny or- how, like you know, relationships are so fluid over the course of your life. And then even after one of the people is gone, you know, Mm -hmm. so even though he's not here anymore, my relationship to him is still evolving. And that is so funny to me because you just do, you just get more perspective. Like I'm, I'm still with my mom. And so those two people were tied together and they're, they were, you can kind of compare your parents. Maybe you have like one that's like the villain, one's the hero or not. And those things change yeah, over time or they yeah. can. And so, yeah, it was funny to listen to. I mean, he is such a character. I mean, he's a really funny person. And so like things just happen all the time where he is referred to because comedy is something that really is timeless. Yeah. Sometimes where like, that's his legacy, I think. It absolutely is. That and the clown painting in the basement. <laughs> if Peg hadn't painted over it, it would be so funny. That yeah. masterpiece. Somebody like down the line is gonna like use one of those things that can see behind paint. Yeah. 
gonna be like, what <laughs> and is be this? Freaked Hidden the messages. Fuck out yeah. By a creepy That's clown. Very funny. Okay, anyway, that was that. And then we talked about oh, I thought the part where you described how your decision making for going on the ruins was Mm -hmm. led by a feeling of wanting your own identity within your marriage and having that feeling of like losing yourself in a relationship. I thought that was insightful. I did too. It's very interesting to hear a lot of this episode and even the one before it, like I, I can sense this, this feeling of like still feeling like a shell of myself or feeling like I lost, I didn't have like my own identity. And I think that my hope was that I would find it or something like that or something close to it through doing the challenge. And it was never going to happen because I didn't, I, I, it was within the relationship where I was struggling to, like have, uh, I don't know. Do you think that was his doing though? Or was it something you did? I just think it was like the kind of relationship dynamic that we had that Mm -hmm. I, mm, he maybe needed somebody who was going to put their foot down a little more and, and have more, like say, and I didn't feel strong enough to do that at that time or felt like, I I don't know. It's hard. It's, I think it's the combo of the two, you Mm -hmm. know? And there were, there were a few things that on that episode, we also talked on that episode about fights that we witnessed or fights that we were in on the challenge and Mm -hmm. how like those fights that make your blood boil and like getting to that point. And I was listening to that thinking how often it got to that in my relationship with my ex-husband and Hmm. how it has never gotten to that in my relationship with Eli in two years. Mm -hmm. Never. Not even close. Well, what's the difference besides the partner? I mean, what's the difference in the dynamic? Mm. I mean, the communication is so much better. I, I... think I've changed in, Ooh, it's hard to know. It's, it's hard to, because I think a lot of my frustration came from not being understood or validated or heard. And I feel like I get that in my current relationship. So I don't know how it would be if I didn't get that. It like would, I feel those panicky feelings. Like there's more, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, trust or commitment or, or safety. Mm-hmm. And that could be, I'm sure a lot of it is me, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and just like what I was looking for, hoping that a relationship would provide maybe in my the past, I was hoping a relationship would like kind of fill maybe what I didn't get from my relation, not so this is all happening subconsciously. Like what I didn't get in my relationship with my parents where I wanted somebody to give me like structure and routine and, and like security. And mm. I did, I didn't know how to do that on my own first or I don't know. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. Going on the challenge for to find yourself, oh, I do oh, not, not recommend where you're gonna, that. I do not recommend. Lose right. yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. And and in listening to this episode, I I really want. It was so helpful to hear how I experienced the challenge and my feelings about it right after I had done it. Because listening to that episode made me remember like, oh, I never want to go back there. It is not good. I do not like that environment. And Mm -hmm. it's so, and how you could translate that listening to this episode into your regular life is when you are going through something, say a breakup, say a difficult chapter, say maybe you like are, I don't know, deciding to move somewhere and you're nervous about moving and, and want to know, like journal these things out, write down your feelings, like know how you feel in the moment so that later you can reflect and like refer back to that and go, oh my gosh, I really was unhappy where I was. This move was a good idea, you know, cause you can get there and be like, oh, this is so hard. This is so difficult. But I think it reminded me of the times where I've, I've done that and how helpful that's been. Yeah. And how this, to refresh your memory. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. everybody should do, should do or use your voice memo in your phone to just like write or like make a little video to yourself saying like, here's why you left him or here's why you got a divorce or here's why you made this decision you made. And pl- and refer to that frequently if you're worried that past you didn't have all the right information because trust me it past you does. But all my I feel like all my exes like me better when I break up with them. I would love to know why. What's your theory? Oh. Like it's so funny to me. Like. During, I'm always like, hey, appreciate me. Give me attention, whatever. And then when I get fed up and I dump them, then they're like, like they have like a road to Damascus. What? I'm not talking about you, obviously. Adam, (laughs) he was like passing slowly, staring at me. They have like this road to Damascus where they're like, I was so, you know, wrong. And, and, And now I see. What the hell is that? What good is that now? Right. Where was that energy when we were? I was the number. The dumper. Oh, the dumper. Yeah. Yeah, but you were the dump. Wait, let me think. You were the dumper in your case. In my marriage? Yeah, but it feels like I didn't like make the first, I I didn't make the first move towards that. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It felt like. Yeah. No, I feel the opposite, that people are like, oh, I don't like her afterwards. <laughs> no. I think like also it's like because I become, yeah, and then I become like a, a, maybe because before I was like trying to be the version of me that they wanted to be, me to be, and then I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck that. Well, I that, be yeah, yeah, I yeah. Be. That's you so know? true. Because like now I do not think my ex husband would have any interest in this Overall wearing curly hair. I can't hair, believe he camping. ever did. I don't understand it. Because it's honestly. not a good match. Not at all. Yeah. Like, he likes a different kind of gal. Yeah. And that's 
it's very okay. It's not me. I like a different kind of guy. <laughs> I guess he thought he could turn you into it or something, or maybe he was Yeah, I want a rugged outdoorsman. <laughs> Lumberjack. Yeah, I got that. Um, With a great sense of style. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, I guess yeah. the last thing I yeah. had on my list, at least, was just oh, um, I wanted to know if, like, the conversation we had about your relationship with Wes, where I oh, was like pushing absolutely. back, and I was, I like, was I so like wrong about Wes. You are so okay. right, and I'm. Okay. I I do see that at the time, this really was me trying to um, maintain my like relationships with people who could benefit me on the challenge outside of it. I think that we've talked on the show enough about how, like we, the character that I've seen is, is not one that, that I would want to be friends with now. And you were definitely mm. right. Definitely right. Okay. I was just curious about that. Wes is from the challenge. If you're not familiar, but at the time, Sarah well, was tolerant of him or liked him enough and at least like in terms of the show. And I was like, why do you like him? And I was sort of pressing her to defend this relationship. Um, yeah. And I just wasn't sure if you've still had fondness of no. any kind. No, no, not, no. I think somebody's actions over time really show who they are. Yeah. And yeah, that's not somebody who morals and values are in line with mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gone yeah. off the deep end. Right. It, it, that was, yeah, that was, that was hard to really kind of like think about. And, and then I feel like I, so, oh, I become such a yes man on the challenge. Like I become such a doormat and I become mm. this like, well, I'm doing things to survive mm -hmm. in whatever way that means. And I think I would be less interested in surviving on the challenge and more interested in standing up for what I believe in if I were mm -hmm. to go back now because the money or the winnings don't change. I mean, maybe a million dollars would, but don't change things that much. But those moments that you can look back on and go like, Oh, I did the right thing or the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Those I think stick with you longer. And yeah, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, it is a strange scenario because how often is a normal person in an environment like that where they're 
having to be strategic and right never try to no i mean on a small scale yeah we're all doing that at work and all sorts of things but like not at that level Mm-mm. and and where people are going to see it and tell and you in a way they... i feel like we were watching something recently for for the podcast where it was talking about women being okay with jokes or, oh God, it was a book we read for the podcast and I can't remember what it is, but it was like, what happens in environments where why there we act? are- Is this about- Why we act? Why? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was about turning like regular people into like bystanders into m- these moral rebels and, right. uh, and people who will act in, in crisis and stuff like that. Yeah. And that when it was a predominantly male, like fraternity, like environment, and there was, there were women there, those women engaged in that behavior as well. It's this like, you can't beat them, join them kind of mentality. And I really felt that on the challenge and it feels icky mm-hmm. reflecting yeah. on it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that is something that, that doesn't come off in, I mean, maybe it does sometimes in like in a, in a way it's like why Katie Doyle got mad at me in the very first season I did on rivals or ruin the ruins because I laughed along with the guys. And she was like, stop fucking laughing, Sarah, what are you laughing at? Like, and I, there are so many times where I went along with it or, or should have spoken up and didn't, and it didn't mm-hmm. make it to the air. You know, none of that of me being this like passive bystander made it it, like it's noticeable enough for people to be like, oh, she's not doing the right thing. But I feel like it. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I would be so different now. And even in that environment. Yeah. Because I mean, it really is stacked up to make you not behave in your best. I think I would be able to get more allies on the side of good. Yeah, right. Now, I would I know how to have that conversation. we've changed too. I do too. People are not into bullying and... Way less tolerant yeah. of this and way more ready to call it out. And I think we need to. Mm. Yeah. Did you have anything else on your list about these two? Yeah. I don't know how this came up. But, oh, I do, first, to just stay on the challenge topic, I did have a follow-up yeah. question for you. You talked yeah. about one of the things that was the result of the challenge is feeling, like, bored, you know, this feeling of boredom. And you said, mm-hmm. like, maybe that'll change as my kid gets older. So I wanted to know, do you still have that feeling, or do you feel like you've able to been able to kind of, like, set a new baseline? Oh, um, well, I definitely have that feeling in my life that I prefer more action and I prefer like something cooking that gets me excited, but parenting, you know, as we predicted, it is so much better when you have a fully formed human being who's hilarious (laughs) or thoughtful or even naughty. Yeah. It's just more engaging and it's challenging. So it's definitely not boring. Right. Right. Toddlers are very boring though. And babies for me. Yeah. Mind numbing. Yeah. 
but that's okay. That's a very temporary thing that does not seem temporary. Yeah. At the time. It's kind of like what we said thing. It feels like it's going to last forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. so that was one of my questions I had. Do you feel and like then, the, the boredom that we said that comes from I like having I, done these I, extreme things? I think I get the same itch from skiing and snowboarding and doing that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I was saying that the adventurous... only thing that does it is like climbing, but I get that same feeling from a lot of the stuff that I do. Yeah, that's adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we go like off-roading and go to these crazy places where you're just like, feels like you're on a challenge. So mm-hmm. I'm just doing challenge stuff regular. I mean, anytime I perform oh, comedy is, yes. you know, definitely in that category of like, I don't want to do it. It's awful. And then you do it and then you get adrenaline and you yeah. love it. It's addicting. What a rush. Yeah. Um, I love that. On the previous episode, I had like said we ran out of time and I was like, oh, I just wanted to add something later. I just wanted to say, cause on the last episode we talked about like all the Ozempic people and oh, yeah. how I was like irritated. Thank you. I was irritated by, um, you know, people that pretend like they just started eating chicken and they're right. <laughs> whatever. I, I just am insulted by that. Right. But yeah, walking around their house, like Kelly Clarkson said, okay. But then um, I have been watching this old gossip about um, Cary Grant, who I- I'm sure you've heard it before, but like, if you haven't, there's a lot of speculation that he was a gay man. He yeah. had a roommate for like 20 years, this guy. Yeah, they just on. were like, you know, they were just splitting the rent, wink, wink. So, but he did marry some women. They all lasted like 18 months, those okay. relationships. And, but he did have a daughter and, um, she and Diane Cannon was one of his wives and she and the daughter are adamant that he wasn't gay, right? They're very invested in the narrative that he was who he said he was. Anyway, my point is I personally think Cary Grant was at least bisexual, but probably a gay man. Yes. And I can totally understand why he wouldn't have come out of the closet in the freaking 19... 40s uh-huh. or whatever, uh-huh. um, because there's a stigma and there, it is the same with like Ozempic and yes. fitness. And so even though it does yeah. annoy me because it's insulting to my sensibility, like you think, I don't know right. what's happening. Right. Right. I do understand that they're motivated by the stigma yeah. that comes from having number one, been quote unquote overweight, depending on what their size was. Um, right. and then using a quote unquote shortcut to, right remedy that, whatever, whatever. So I'm just saying like, I had thought about it. Um, and I wanted to say, I do get why people hide things like that. Yeah. You can't win. If you say you're doing it, people judge you. If you, I guess I would prefer you you just don't say anything instead of pretending like you just started eating chicken or whatever. Right. Don't lie. But people are asking them. That's it's like people. Oh, the celebrities. Yeah. I think they walk down the red carpet and then people ask them. Couldn't you, uh, we are very we good at this, ask. like deflecting. I could easily yeah. be like, don't, that is impolite. Don't ask me. Yeah. Like you can make a joke right. answer and still right. be evasive. Right. Don't you think? Headline, Susie <laughs> Meister evades all questions about sudden weight loss. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I get what you're saying that it'd still be a headline, but I think saying it's none of your business is yeah, a better, better answer than yes. We should just say that across the board and then people should just stop asking questions. Because a lot of celebrities do that about their private lives. They'll say like, I'm not answering that. It's none of your beeswax. Yeah. Let's do that about weight loss. And also let's stop asking people. Yeah. I like that. Don't ask. The media is a problem asking people about that. Definitely a problem. I want people to stop asking about that and stop asking about having kids. Okay. Yeah. Two things. Yeah. I do that though all the time. Here's why. I know that it's rude and people don't like it. And you now are really going to be pissed when people ask you. Oh yeah. But you shouldn't be. Can you can we do like a little mini debate like on the fly right now? Sure. Use your point of view is it's insensitive, it's hurtful. What is it? Yeah, cuz sometimes people don't have the choice. That if you're like, "Oh, when are you guys going to have kids?" and then I'm going to say, "Well, I can't have kids. Yeah. Are you going to be like real mean about it? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm going to say, what do I say to that? I'm going to say, n- no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, cause then you, I, then you tell I them the answer and then very... they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I think it would be, I'm I'm probably being unfair and I'm just simplifying something that's very complicated. Um, but it seems like you could just say, Oh, like I got all kinds of girl problems, but if, if we want to, will it maybe adopt Like it's, what is the big deal about just answering that? But I get, I must be wrong because everybody in your position says, stop it. Yeah. Cause it's so complicated. It brings up so many emotions and, and all of those things are, are conversations upon conversations upon conversations. And like, it, I'm sure if your response and feeling that. about the question would depend on the context. Yeah. If somebody's like, totally, I'd be nice to somebody. Yeah. It depends on who it is, where. What about but, this? This is usually how I frame it. Is this, would you respond well to this? Yeah, I'd be like, um, usually I'd be like, what are we doing here? Are you breeding or? Oh, yeah, but <laughs> no, not, not for us. <laughs> You're like, you know, like super cash. Is that real? Yeah, I like that. No, I like that. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's like, we're, cause then we could like talk about it. Like it feels you've taken also the emotion out of like the, you've almost unromanticized the pro the whole thing by saying are we breeding over here or what you're just calling right. it like it is when people are like oh when are you guys gonna start a family that's when i want to be like fuck okay. all the way off right we're that's enough loaded. of a family with two you know that uh, is it yeah when okay, you guys can expand your family that kind of shit don't say that okay yeah when people are precious but, about it yeah, pr- don't be pr- yeah because then it makes it feel like I can't do this job that they put on such a pedestal, and I am like that the whole getting pregnant. Even if like you say, oh, I'm gonna adopt. There's like some. It's the same people who are like, oh, being pregnant is such a beautiful experience, and like, yeah, okay, I totally understand that it is for you, but like, <laughs> also you're just like. The same Talk as that about dog gender in the alley affirming. Who got like 
knocked up and is carrying around six pups. Got like, humped was, by some bull right. mastiff. Come yeah. on now. Mm-hmm. So like, Let's not act like this is special. Right. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. People are going to be mad at me for saying that, but I just You don't, don't like that it's steeped in this sort of heteronormative, romanticized yeah. ideal. There's some, and then, and then if I can or can't do, there's some value in me like that, 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 or that that's like the ultimate goal. I don't know. It just totally, like, no, you're, you're, you do know you're right about that. That part yeah. I do not love, Yeah, but I'm just genuinely that. curious. What are we doing here? Are we having babies. We're not, what yeah, I don't that's, give a shit what the answer that's, is. That's fine. No, not no breeding over here. Factory is closed for business. I would only say it to somebody who has that same sort of irreverent. I wouldn't ask yeah. like sensitive Nancy, whatever. Right, right. That no, would I would like not that. go well. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah. People don't like it when they're sober and they say, oh, no, I don't want to drink. And people ask why. That's another yeah. thing. They're like, yeah. it's the only drug that you don't take and people don't understand why. Right. No, I'm like good. you have no to defend for me. Yourself. Why? <laughs> right. What? Because it's just not good for me. Yeah, that's totally all right. It. Well, there Thank was one thing we that. talked about. Yeah, of course, there was one thing we talked about. Those an aside here. We talked about uh-uh. washing jeans. How did that come up? <laughs> yeah, how did that come up? And it was. I was right. like, yeah. I was take. I was like, no way. There's going to be poo particles in there. Oh, yeah. It's farts. going to be gross. Farts. Yeah. It's not good. Because Ralph Lauren doesn't wash his jeans. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, is there any science or actual research behind this? So oh, I looked God. it up. And there Tell was me. a study that was done by a student in 2011 at the University of Alberta where he had a pair of jeans that he wore for 15 months straight. And they oh, tested the bacteria in there and then grew it in a lab and they okay. tested it against another pair of jeans that he wore for and laundered and laundered and uh-huh. what they saw was that there was more growth bacteria growth on the one like almost equal bacteria growth on the one that had been laundered help me and understand only that worn that's for possible. 15 hour 13 hours then the one there's something about the raw denim material that maybe doesn't grow bacteria as much and the 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 uh uh biologist or whoever that they used she said she made predictions about there being fecal particles on there she's like i thought for sure there would at least be that and she didn't find any uh no like matter uh, uh pathogens on there it was almost like the lo- the water in your washing machine plus the bacteria on you turns it into this whole petri dish that grows mm-hmm. just as fast as if you didn't add any water to them and it's mostly just skin cells and so some people say freeze your genes but don't do that because the skin cells that are on the genes that are the bacteria that are on genes primarily are adapted to be in cold weather because it's like our skin. So what they're not adapted for is hot temperatures. So if you want to do anything to kill the bacteria on your jeans, but not wash them, put them in the dryer at least 120 degrees for 10 minutes and that will kill the bacteria. And, or the researchers says just wash your jeans. No, but I like that because let's say you want to be like less um, consumptive. And so if you didn't use your laundry, then that's better. 
and then you're just doing 10 minutes in the dryer. I'm actually going to try that. Yeah. Just 10 minutes in the dryer will. And then he said you can spot clean with like a toothbrush, something like that, but you shouldn't need any more than that to kill the bacteria. Here's what they needed to do. They, they need to do like a research method on that study where they add a criterion of the sniff test because something tells me that 15 month. Correct. And I still think this is men versus women thing like that, that the different parts are going to. Right. You think it's more disgusting because of the blood element in the periods? Just like normal. Or there's a hole that produces. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff (laughs) that's normal, you know? And this is like how they've like, you know, they just like six months ago, finally tested period products with actual blood and not just that water, blue water. Hey, you and know they're what? Like, oh, turns out none even, of these work. I'm not mad about it because I don't want to, I wouldn't want to deal with blood either if I were researching. Yeah. But it's if disgusting. that is like your one job, then don't go into the tampon business. <laughs> It's like saying, I, I would like to be in the ice cream business, but I'm lactose intolerant. Well, maybe pick <laughs> another industry, sir. Yeah, this ice cream is sticky. I just don't yeah. like sticky things. Right. Okay. That's really right. funny. So that I was my follow-up. That was a, a things we got wrong. That is so great. Thank you for, for sharing that because... Yeah. And I did, I, mean, I did, there was other information that this went, this went, I forgot to mention this with episode 60, but in... Uh, uh, speaking of different hairstyles and black hair and what people are allowed to wear, there have been multiple um, like legislative acts passed on this one called the crown act that Mm, is passed now, I believe in 17 different States where you have the right to wear your hair in any hairstyle that you want, even if it's, you know, doesn't go, uh, doesn't fit like a Western like European look. Yes. Cause which they is like, code, thank God, they all use coded language. Totally. It's They'll totally say professional. Racist. You have to be professional. Yeah. But, what but professional then they don't include things like, like, right. Look like a white person, which is bullshit. So the crown yeah. act is, has been passed. It should be passed in every state. It's insane. But yeah, there you go. It was in 2020, I believe started. It was put into act. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically, because in that episode, I referred to it as ethnic hair, which people don't like when you say that now you're supposed to say textured hair and their justification still doesn't make any sense to me because they say when you call it ethnic hair, that is stupid because white people have ethnicity too. So that makes no sense. But to me, when you call it textured hair, that makes no sense because there's, my hair still has texture, even though it's just a smooth silky texture. So the arguments right. should be applied for both. And maybe yeah. we just need a new phrase or something, but I am not really interested in like the semantics as right. much as like the practice of just like respecting people's respect hair right. and their hair yeah. needs. I still yeah. to this day cannot believe like that I learned on this show because of you that like hotel shampoo is like unacceptable Oh my god. Because I was god, like using I it. I still use it because it doesn't make I, a difference on my hair type, I oh guess. Oh my god. It it is a nightmare. The idea of doing that makes me want, want one of the things I hated the most about my surgery that I had was that I had to wash with this 
antibacterial soap that they gave Ew, yeah. me two times. And yeah. I had to wash my hair. I mean, I didn't know. I was like, do I wash my hair with it? I don't know. And I refused to wash the scalp with no. it. I just did the ends. No. I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I, I can't. can't believe you put it on your hair at all. I can't either. And I was like, what do I, cause they said no lotion, no nothing. They're really strict about that. That so stuff like, is gross. I'm not going to what put in leave-in conditioner in my hair. I'm just going to go. So I think I braided it. And then I, <laughs> I love that you still yeah, don't know for sure. I have no fucking clue. It's like weeks of your life that disappeared. <laughs> totally. God. Yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, I hope you updates. enjoyed all the things we got wrong. Sarah's correcting her ass off over there. Yeah, so much I got wrong. I love it. Um, likewise. And that's all for now. Thank you for always yeah. using our codes and supporting us. We love you all. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> well, what?